Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. So the day this podcast comes out, April 12th of 2022, would have been my late husband's 55th birthday. He passed away almost five years ago, and he left a legacy that lives on in all that we do at Rising Above. Jeff was so passionate about showing our friends with special needs their value and worth, and he spoke life into special needs families through his writings and through the words that he spoke. And we have several videos of him encouraging special needs families, along with audio of some of his messages And all of those are available on our app. And he had an amazing way with words, and he is deeply missed by everyone at Rising Above, and especially John Alex and myself. I am so thankful for his heart for the special needs community, and I'm so thankful that his heart can still be heard through these resources that we have available. Now, my guest today is Kelly Speck, and Kelly has written a book that will be out soon called Hope in the Heartache, where she shares her journey with her son, Bennett, who has quadriplegic cerebral palsy. And Kelly has been married for over 20 years to her husband, Travis, and they have two other children, Jackson and Reagan. We had such a great conversation, and I know her story will encourage and inspire you. So here's the conversation that I have with Kelly Speck. Hey, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to get to meet you and know more about your story. So thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. This is such an honor and um, just a true delight. Thank you. Well, just introduce yourself to our listeners. This is the first time we have actually met. Um, we had a mutual friend who introduced us a little while ago, and but this is actually the first time we've ever connected. So just introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, um, well, my name is Kelly Speck, and I am um, married to my husband, Travis Speck. It'll be, gosh, 22 years this coming May, which is just Congratulations. Crazy to think about. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And then we have a 15-year-old. I'm sorry, he's not 15 yet. He's 14 and a half, almost 15-year-old, um, our oldest son, who has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and seizure disorder. And then we have an 11-year-old son um, and then a nine-year-old daughter. So we are in the throes of elementary plus um, a teenager uh, who has, um, yeah, just has pretty significant severe disabilities. Um, We live right outside of Washington, D.C. in um, the Maryland suburbs. Um, I actually grew up in Fairfax, Virginia, Northern Virginia, and my husband grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and we met at college in Abilene, Texas, which none of that makes much sense, but we were college (laughs) sweethearts. We got married very young. People here cannot believe how young we were when we got married. Um, and then we Okay, so you got to tell us, how young were you when you got married? <laughs> I was like 21, yeah. almost 22. And Travis yeah. was 22. I yeah. mean, and at the time we were right, you know, we just knew it all. And, um, but, you know, it, to be honest, he was from Tennessee. I was from Virginia. We were in school in Texas and we were like, let's get married so yeah. we can, you know, do this, this life thing together. So yeah. um, it's been a real... I honestly, um, I'm so grateful, but I know it, it doesn't, by the world standards, it's a little crazy these days. Um, 
But anyway, so we just are doing our best to keep things um, as normal as you can when you're living outside of D.C., which is literally crazy town, USA, and has ramped up even more so in the past Mm -hmm. two years. So lots going on. Well, I read from your website that our boys have something in common. Not only are their diagnosis the same. I don't know if we we didn't talk about that, but that's the same. My son has the those are the same as my son. And but they both love the wiggles and I don't know what it is about the wiggles but I hear that from so many special needs parents it's like our kids are obsessed with the wiggles so now just from talking a few minutes ago your son his favorite character is I think we have a crush on Emma right now Emma who is a new wiggle she is not yeah we're we're vintage wiggle listeners. Like we listen totally. to to the original wiggles because that's yes. who he grew up with. But yes. Yeah. In fact, when we <laughs> left when I left the house this morning, Wiggles was playing. His his caregiver, there was Wiggles playing at the house. And every single night, every night for we figured up the other day how many times it's been now because oh. we're t- probably 20 years yes. every night, every day, pretty much every day, we've watched Wiggly Safari. Steve Irwin. And and when, when it comes on, it's like, he's watching it for the first time again. He watched it, I think four times yesterday. It's crazy, but he can totally relate. He loves it. That is his happy spot. You know, my son, his name is Bennett. And when he's unhappy at school, I say, turn on the wiggle. It will make all of your lives easier. And I know they think I'm crazy, but I just know what I know. know. So we know our kids and there's something about the wiggles (laughs) with our kids. I, I, you know, I'm very, I'm grateful. Oh, totally. She yeah. says, why? Because my husband and his brother both grew up singing. And she was like, guys, hello, you could have been the Wiggles. I mean, like, you know, How they, funny. Yeah. they're now celebrities in Australia and and that could have been you stand around and dance and sing. So I wish yeah. we'd been the first one to that. <laughs> I love it. Well, I know that uh, your life with Bennett was not what you expected and what you planned. In fact, I think from reading from your website, you're birth story was not what you were expecting. So share a little bit about that day and what sure. transpired the day of his birth. Yeah, I will hundred percent do that. Um, just to give you a little rewind, you know, Travis and I both were, um, you know, super involved in college. I would say leaders, you know, striving for great careers, kind of doing everything that we thought we were supposed to do by checking the boxes, get mm-hmm. educated, get jobs, save for your your first house. Um, you know, just type A low risk planners is all I would say. We worked a lot. We didn't travel a lot. We were active with our church and our small group and service projects. And, you know, just, just kind of were doing what we thought we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I, you know, not putting us on our pedestal, kind of just like a middle-class, hardworking, young married couple. Um, and then we were like, okay, we think we maybe have enough money for a down payment. I think it's time to, you know, have a baby. And so we, kind of actually got pregnant um, relatively quickly. And I know that's not the case for everyone. And I was kind of surprised. And so then we were, we were so excited. And so we were found out we were having a little boy. And of course my husband was a, you know, an athlete Mm -hmm. growing up in Nashville and very, you know, just had hopes and dreams for what his first son would be able to do and things they'd be able to do together. And, um, and my pregnancy was really pretty non-eventful. I made it to like 38 weeks and four days and my water broke um, late in the middle of one night and, and uh, on a swampy night in August uh, right in DC. And so we, um, 
called the doctor and I had a low grade fever that night. And they said, you know, come take some Tylenol, but you know, take a shower, but you know, just come on, come on in your water's broken. You you know, so we headed into the hospital. Actually, they let us labor through that first night. I was, we had gone to every childbirth class. Mm. We had read every book, you know, everything was washed and clean and at home, ready to bring that baby home to. Um, And then immediately about 5 a.m., well, in the hospital, um, you know, they said, he's not looking real happy in there. We're going to uh, probably want to do an emergency C-section. And my mom had had three C-sections, so I was not opposed to that. I was like, absolutely, you know, whatever we need to do. Yeah, do so what we need to do. Yeah. Got me ready. Into the OR we went. And, um, you know, I just remember at that time, blogging was a big deal. And a lot of the mommy blogs had, had you know, were had, you head into your C-section with your praise and worship, you know, going and you're kind of just like the perfect quote unquote birth plan. I remember being like, oh, I forgot my, you know, my playlist, you know, for the, for the OR to have this, you know, magical moment when they pull my baby out of me. And then I hand, you know, monogrammed cookies to all of the doctors and nurses <laughs> and, um, and they basically pulled Bennett out and it was silence. And, um, and this is our first baby. So I didn't really know what to expect. And then I'll, uh, you, what I later found out was he was basically blue and barely breathing. And so they wrapped him in a blanket and the nurse said, here's your baby. And she ran out the door um, with them, you know, to the NICU. And at that point I I was thinking, Oh, I thought he was just to lay him on my chest and we were Mm going to breastfeed and bond skin to skin, you know, and this kind of seems a little off and, you know, little did I know it it was really, really bad. He was born basically as close to stillborn as you could be born. Um, And I didn't find that out for a long time after that. So anyway, Needless to say, what should, you know, what would have been the best new day of our married life um, mm-hmm. kind of turned out to be the most, the biggest nightmare you can imagine, yeah. um, which then began just a 70 day NICU journey um, with lots of ups and downs and um, just some, some beautiful moments and some really, really devastating moments mm-hmm. as anyone who has spent any time in the NICU yeah. knows, um, or just the hospital in general with sick kids. So um, that is, that is, that is the beginning of that mm-hmm. story. And we, yeah. uh, you know, just fast forwarding COVID happens 2020, 2021, the world is so just, everything is upside down as we all know. And I just felt, I'm like, the world needs hope. And obviously we know the, the world needs Jesus, but I just had always kind of felt like our story is so bananas that, and feels unique. I mean, I know a lot of people have kids with disabilities. A lot of people have had kids in, in the hospital, but I just, I feel like our, we need to tell our story in the world, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we ended up reaching out to a random hybrid publisher who said, please write your story. And mm-hmm. so we wrote a book and, you know, yeah. telling about Bennett's birth, um, Bennett's life, ben, Bennett's journey, and then um, our family's experiences as a family with a significantly disabled yeah. um, family member. And all of that, all of the beauty, all of the struggle, um, you know, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, kind yeah. of, we, we do share it all not to, I mean, to give God all the glory, but also just to bring, um, to like kind of the reality of, mm-hmm. of what life is. And it, yeah. you know, I kind of say life is, isn't beautiful, <laughs> sorry, I'm babbling, but, um, our life is not easy, but it's always beautiful, you know, and that's what Venice life has represented yeah. to us. It is, it is bananas, but it's beautiful. And it's choosing to see the beautiful in all the craziness and yes. seeing the, the the way that God can take our stories that seem so hard and tragic and turn them into something beautiful, which it sounds like what you've done through your book. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we get going. But think yeah. back to those early days. You know, you're there, you're a new mom, it's your first baby. 
you're there, your, your first experience of having a child has totally gone different than what you were, what all the books say it's supposed to look like. How did you, as a young mom, what, where was your head then? What, what was going through your thoughts? What was going through your heads? How, how were you coping and managing during those very early days? Yeah, that's a great, great question. And, um, you know, it's, I've now had 15 years to look back and reflect. And, um, you know, I would honestly say both Travis and I, Travis is my husband, um, you know, we are so grateful for our foundation of faith. So we were both raised in, you know, when I say Christian homes, homes that pointed us to Christ, you know, we both spent two, three times a week, you know, in church learning the Sunday school songs that were, you know, singing the hymns that were ingrained on our heart. And I, I can honestly say it was only because of that foundation Mm -hmm. that I had, um, just really the, 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 the gut level strength to dig deep and press on. I mean, I, at the time I was working in a very, um, for lack of a better word, fancy financial services firm. You know, the plan was to have a baby, get a nanny, go back to work, juggle it all, live Mm -hmm. the DC life, buy the big house. I mean, and then all of a sudden, none of that mattered. You know, Mm -hmm. I, my baby almost died. Then he lived. Then we got a devastating diagnosis. I, 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 he screamed if he was awake when we brought him home from the NICU, he was screaming because God bless him. He had severe brain damage due to an oxygen depletion. So either he had a raging headache or Mm -hmm. sensory overload or all of the above. And so if he was awake, he was screaming. There was no way I could go back to work. So immediately my career gone, Uh, not not even really sleeping, not even really eating. I just, my husband and I would lay in bed the minute he finally passed out at one or 2 AM after screaming all night. And I just, I felt the voice of God, like as, as clear as a bell. And I remember hearing dig deep Mm. and that's all I had. Like I, at those days, I didn't have energy to pray. I didn't have energy for a Bible study or prayer group or a mom's group. We barely even went to church at that point. I mean, Mm. you know, I don't think you're surviving. It's all such a blur. It, it just, I, you know, the Lord was there. Mm-hmm. I felt him. I knew he was there. And yet my feelings were hurt. I was like, God, I knew this was too good to be true. You know, I knew, I knew it was, I got pregnant really too easily. I mm-hmm. knew the pregnancy went too well. I knew, you know, the baby shower was just too much. We got, you know, like, I just was like, it just all had been mm-hmm. so, so right. right. You know, of course it was too good to be true, you know? And so I, I wrestled with that. Uh, hundred percent. And I, by the grace of God, Travis had a job and he was able to keep working to provide mm-hmm. for us. We ended up moving in with my mom because yeah, we, we could not do anything other than care for this precious baby. He was mm-hmm. literally, he was withdrawing from morphine because he'd been on so many, um, his, his little body had just been through so much. So yeah, he, it was like a crack baby. He was literally withdrawing. Yeah. He was screaming. So, you know, they're all of the basics of laundry, food, cleaning, you know, I mean, it was pure survival mode in, in mm-hmm. every way, shape and form. And, yeah. you know, Travis and I had been married for seven years. If we had been newlyweds heading into this, I yeah. do not know yeah. if we would still be married, if we would have survived. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even know what that would have looked like yeah. because 
God gave us the grace of to have those seven years. Mm-hmm. Of, we had of seven marriage. years too. That's so interesting. Ours, we were, we had been married seven years when, when our son was born. So I know and what you're saying. There's the yeah. biblical reference of seven years of plenty. <laughs> there you go. Of, you know, we have, we have, we have referred to that um, numerous occasions. So I'm sorry, I'm going on and on. No, but you're great. That is just kind of, I would, I, I am so grateful for the foundation of faith that was given to us, you know, and no church is perfect. No you know, nothing, you know, Christians are far from perfect, but just, I, I knew Jesus. I had always felt God in the ups and downs of life. And he, he was there in my darkest, quiet, alone moments, you know, and there was nothing um, that really anyone could say or do at that time. Mm -hmm. I'm to alleviate our pain. It was, it was excruciating on every level. Yeah. Well, tell us about Bennett today. I think you said he's 14 and a half. So Tell us about his life today. What does his day-to-day kind of look like? Sure. Thanks for asking. He is, um, he is a little light is all I can Mm. say. I I think I, um, I summed it up. I feel like my life is a mixture of like Forrest Gump, Steel Magnolias and the Mighty Ducks because Bennett is our little Forrest. Um, He People are drawn to him and he's nonverbal. He's in a wheelchair. He cannot sit on his own. He can't stand on his own. He can't walk. He hates to take steps in the, you know, gate trainer. So at this point we just stopped. Um, He, you know, he's fed hundred percent via G-tube, can't take anything by mouth. Um, For a child who can't speak, talk, give an opinion, you know, he, he is so full of opinions and so full of life. Mm, and um, yeah. anytime he's away from our house, it just feels too quiet, which we just laugh. Usually because the, whiz- the Wiggles is not playing, but yeah. Um, yeah. he is, um, you know, he has a smile that can light up a room. He has a giggle, deep, deep, deep belly laugh that just melts your heart. Um, but all I have to say, those are all the positives. Bennett is a homebody. So he doesn't like to leave his house. Right. He, he likes his house. He likes his school. He likes the school bus to get to school. And he likes our um, handicap accessible van that gets him around the town. And he actually loves a good road trip. But he doesn't like um, church. He doesn't like going to other people's houses. Yeah. He screams at his grandparents' house. You know, he screams at his brother's basketball game. It is, you know, his sister's play. And so that's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think as our younger two are now in elementary, you know, heading towards the middle school years, um, we are having to find how do we balance what's most yeah. honoring to him and what's most honoring mm-hmm. to um, his siblings and then the stress level of, of the, us parents. So that is a really real um, new waters that we're navigating. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about the sibling dynamic because your other two are, how old are they? Did you, did you say? Nine and 11. So they're 11. And so how do they interact with Bennett? And then like, like you talked about, you know, you're getting into a stage where they're being more active. They've got more, you know, events and things going on. How do you all navigate all that? Yeah, we are, we are figuring it out and we definitely, it's, it is not easy. I would say it's one of the greatest sources of stress between my husband and I of just, because, because we want our family of five to go everywhere. We, Mm -hmm. we want to do everything together. We want to go for hikes together. You know, it's, there's a deep pain anytime um, the four of us are somewhere without Bennett, you know, and that it actually makes me cry because it's just, we want nothing more than for him to be with us. Mm -hmm. And, um, but he doesn't want to be a lot of times he wants to be home at the end of our kitchen Island, watching the wiggles. I mean, literally that's, Mm -hmm. that's his happiest place. (laughs) I can relate. Yeah. So, you know, it's, we, um, I would say every weekend is a new 
adventure, you know, and we, we have some gracious family members, my mom, my aunt, my dad who live locally, who, um, you know, say, please let us come sit with Bennett so you can go and do this, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, or, you know, we have some paid babysitter options. And so we're at, at the point now where it's, it's becoming more and more of a need. Okay. Do we add to our, in our budget line of our family budget, like, you know, babysitters, you know, mm-hmm. care, caregivers for Bennett. Yeah. Cause at this point, um, <clears throat> We don't really have any like state or local funding for respite in that way. And so we're, we were figuring it out is all I can say. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like some weeks it goes great and some weeks everyone's in tears. So it's yeah. just, Trying and, to and for the little that. two, you know, they are, um, you know, very extremely compassionate. I would say in the way of we'll go somewhere and they'll say, mommy, there's not a ramp. How are we going to get Bennett in? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. They're kind of, mm-hmm. most kids are not looking for ramps when they enter a building, but, um, but it's, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, one of them will say, please don't bring me to my game. You know, I don't want to hear him scream. It's so embarrassing. And, mm. and I get it. That probably would affect yeah. their play or their, you know, and, mm. and so it's just, um, we really try for the little two to let them have their feelings. You know, it's never their job to mm-hmm. take care of Bennett to, um, you know, I'm very aware of just, I just don't want resentment to grow in their hearts, you know? And I think we do our best to be very open and honest of, we love you. We love him. What can we do that's most honoring for everybody? And sometimes we're going to get it right. Sometimes we're not. And it's hard. Yeah. Well, you shared earlier about, you know, you've written a book, um, Hope in the Heartache. So tell us about the book and who did you write this book for? What's, who's your audience for this book? Yeah. Um, the book is honestly just our story. It is, it is. And, um, at times I thought, is it weird to be writing our story right now? We're in the middle of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our, our wonderful publisher ballast books just said, write it. And if we need to write another book, we'll write another book later, you know? And, um, because our, obviously I think our story will resonate with any, any family with a child with disabilities. I would say even any, um, family members who are walking alongside, um, um, a family, you know, either in any type of caregiving or really just any type of crisis. I mean, pain is a universal condition. Mm -hmm. So really I I would argue anyone who has been in pain is currently in pain or is heading towards a painful, like, I believe it will resonate just because we try to be very, very, honest and not Pollyanna of we have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Here's why bad things happen. No, like we would never, ever, ever, ever claim to know, have any of the answers. Um, It's just, here's our story. And here has how the Lord showed up, continues to show up for us. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk about um, depression. We talk about anxiety. We talk about divorce. We talk about Um, substance abuse, you know, like we have, we have been through a lot these past 15 years and we didn't want to sugarcoat anything because Mm -hmm. we, we have, so we have a lot of love and support and yet we've still felt so alone. And Mm -hmm. we have a lot of friends who say, please, please, please let, you know, what can we do? You know? And, and yet we still feel like you're never going to understand how insane this is. And, and that's okay because really there's no program. There's no friend, there's no ministry. There's no the Lord and, you know, his son, Jesus are really, mm-hmm. is our lifeline is, is what sustains us. And, um, we're coming out of, I mean, a friend of mine right now is going through a very intense time of suffering. And she said, how long would you say you were, you know, in your, in your season of suffering? And I'm like, I literally said 10 years. 
hands down, 10 years. And then the past five years, it's like we've been coming out of the fog. Um, and so as he's now almost 15, you know, I, we're only at the point where we're able to see things somewhat clearly because we were in survival mode. You know, we had yeah. three kids and just under five years, all three were in diapers for nearly four years. I mean, my husband would roll over in bed and there would be a diaper. I mean, like yeah. there were diapers everywhere all day, every day. Yeah. And I mean, we were just trying, literally trying to keep three children alive and fed mm-hmm. and shoes yeah. on their feet every day, you yeah. know? And so um, anyway, our audience is, is really anyone who um, has been in pain or knows someone in pain. And just to give hope, we just, we yeah. just want people to know there is hope, there's always hope and there's even still joy. And that's yeah. what's, I think, um, completely countercultural. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I read that you, it said that you said like, you never lost faith in your devotion to God. Um, and you learned what mattered most is hope. But, but, but were there times that you were like, God, really? Like, why, you know, why is this happening? Did you, did you ever question? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One of our hardest days, I can honestly say was um, when Bennett was four, Jackson was one we found out we were pregnant with um, our, our daughter, who was a pleasant surprise. And um, at, But at that point, you know, Bennett, his first three years of life especially, had been in and out of the hospital. Any cold meant we were being hospitalized, mm-hmm. needing oxygen, yeah. needing support. It's sometimes back on death's doorstep. And so we had just come out of kind of, he was just getting a little bit more stable in his um, respiratory chronic lung disease, basically. At age four, Jackson had was walking. And if anyone who knows Jackson is, he went from crawling to running. And so I would be chasing after him, <laughs> never able to catch him yeah. as with this huge and expanding belly and our 20 week ultrasound. Everyone was so excited to find out, is she going to get her girl? You know? And we go to the 20 week ultrasound and the technician was like, Hmm, I'll be right back and left. the oh, room. my word. And I remember my husband and I just being like, that's weird but God's not going to give us more than we can handle. Right. And so she comes back in, the doctor comes back in and they're like, we have found a cleft lip. This can also mean congenital heart uh, defects. Not sure about the palate. You know, we're going to send you off to children's hospital for many more tests. Wait and see, you know, kind of, and I, I can honestly, I'll never forget that day. It was a dreary, gray, gloomy day in Washington. I had picked my husband up for, from work to attend the ultrasound just because we were going to find out we we're having a boy or a girl. And when I dropped him back off at work, I mean, I didn't have any words. I was just like, I remember saying, everything's going to be okay. And he just looked at me and shut the door and walked back into his office. And I, I was devastated. I was brokenhearted. I just thought, I can't, I mean, I literally, mm-hmm. I, I could not believe yeah. God had allowed this, you know? Yeah. And by the grace of God, we did lots of ultrasounds. And for the next 20 weeks, they could not tell. Her heart looked fine from everything they were seeing. Her palate, they could not tell us. And anyone who, who's had a child with cleft lip for palate knows if you have a, a palate issue, it's just many more surgeries and just a lot more complex. And so for 20 weeks, from her 20-week appointment to her birth, I couldn't pray. I literally, all I could say was, I trust you. Like, mm-hmm. I trust you. 
but I don't know what the heck you're doing. You know, when I talk to God Mm -hmm. and we had to just wait and, um, I'll never forget (laughs) my water broke. Of course, Reagan is our daughter and she wanted to have her own birthday, not the C-section schedule day. And so my water broke. My husband is not a night out. And at midnight, I said, pack up, we're heading to the hospital. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. We go to the hospital. Of course, they couldn't do a C-section right away because I'd had frozen yogurt that night. They opened me up, they pulled her out and they said, here she is. And her palate is intact. Look at this beautiful girl. And she had the most beautiful blue eyes staring back at me. Mm. Her sweet little lip was flipped out. And I, and they said, she is perfectly healthy in every way. And I was like, okay, God, here we go. You know, we can handle, I mean, it was still, not that her surgeries were easy and she has future surgeries ahead, mm-hmm. but you know, in my pain, I just was like, okay, God, you showed up again, you know, not yeah. in the way that I would have chosen. I would mm-hmm. prefer my daughter not to have a scar down the middle of her face for the rest yeah. of her life, but your ways are not my ways. Yeah. And so I, I, it's a constant <laughs> relearning of that. Um, amazing. Yes. Well, how have you, you and your husband found ways to press through, you know, we have those things that happen that come at us, you know, those, those unexpected things that we're, we're not like, we don't expect these things to be part of our story and things come up with doc, at doctor's appointments or with teachers and all along the journey. So what have you done? What do you do? What do you and your husband do to press into that hope when you're at your lowest moments? That's a great question. Um, I honestly think, you know, I don't even know what the current statistics are of the divorce rate for parents of special needs kids. I know it's high. I mean, what, 80 yeah. to 90 percent? Yeah, you it's probably yeah, it, me. different, different um, studies say different numbers, but yeah, it's pretty high. Right. So I remember when Bennett was in the NICU, um, you know, just to give your listeners a gist and you can read more in our book, but um, you know, Bennett was on this um, life support system called ECMO, which mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of people now with post-COVID know what that is. But basically, blood is taken out, oxygenated, and put back in. It's very high risk. He was um, two days old and he was put on it. He was only supposed to be on it for a couple of days. And he ended up being on it 16 days, which was very, very long at the time. And he was bleeding out of every open crevice. They were doing blood transfusion after blood transfusion after blood transfusion. And they were just preparing. The doctors were like, this is not going well. His lungs cannot breathe on their own, but he can't stay on this machine much longer. And so there was one night that I just remember, like we were both, it was kind of one of the nights, I'll just say, if, if this was our marriage, it was either the night that we were going to go like this and press on together, converge, or this and diverge. I mean, the pain was so deep and there's really no words. and. I just remember we just laid in bed and held each other and cried and cried and cried and didn't say any words and just, but we, but we clung together. And, and I think, and over our past, um, you know, 14 years, you know, um, 2007 was the year he was born. 2017 was a really difficult year for us as well. He had a double hip surgery that everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and our marriage Plus we had two little kids who were watching and kind of knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. We're picking up on the vibes of stress and asking questions and why did you yell at daddy? And, you know, just all of this added complexity and we, um, it was not a good time. And I, basically we called the marriage therapist and said, mm-hmm. things are not good. Yeah, We need help because this 
is awful and we hate each other right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it was just not good. It, no yeah. part of it was good. And so I, so obviously I, I not obviously I, I'm completely pro counseling. I'm completely pro seeking help. Uh, my husband individually has dealt with depression and just the burden of being the caregiver or the, the providing for um, a family of five with a child with severe disabilities. He has always been open to get professional help in whatever way that looked like. I think holding on to each other and clinging for whatever lifeboat that looks like is, is what's gotten us through. And I'll never forget the marriage counselor when we gave her, you know, the two minute gist of our, our marriage and our life. And she just looked at us and she said, do you realize your marriage has been under assault? And, and we, and she put words to something that we were like, well, yes, that's how it feels. Thank you for putting words to it because sometimes you just need someone Sounding board, someone trained professional to yeah uh, yeah, affirm the madness Mm -hmm. of um, you know our reality. So I would say clinging together and seeking help is what's gotten us through. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so often people look at our families, and I think they they look and they go, "How in the world do we help this family?" They want to help us, they want to come alongside and be supportive, but so much of what we have to do as parents, we have to do ourselves just because of the care that our children require. But what are some ways that people have come alongside your family to be a support and help you on your journey? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I know people are so caring and, um, you know, I, you know, we all have our ways of dealing or coping, I guess. And my husband and I have always been the types who kind of pull up we don't want visitors. We don't want a house full of people. We kind of just need our space mm-hmm. to focus on the crazy. But I, um, you know, I have friends who have said, okay, we know that's the way you are, but guess what? We're dropping off pizzas on your, on your doorstep. <laughs> they will be warm. Feed your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Bennett, you know, Bennett was hospitalized. Um, the first week of COVID with COVID-like symptoms. And so that's when literally everything was shutting down. You were not supposed to leave your house. You were not supposed to, you know, mix with anyone outside of your family. And I was sitting in an isolation room at Children's Hospital in DC while they were testing him for COVID. And our and our parents were old. And so we didn't want to give them COVID. And right. I had a friend, a mother of six kids say, I'm taking your kids. We're going on a hike. So Travis can come see you at the hospital and basically tag team it so that you can go home and sleep. And, and she basically just said, I'm picking up your kids, you know, yeah. and I would have never asked anyone to do that or mm-hmm. infringe at the possibility of, just, you know, but just certain friends showing up, just saying, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you what we're just going to do, you know, it. in a yeah. loving way, obviously right. um, has really, you know, it sounds so trite, but the whole time we were, we were at the Georgetown NICU for 70 days and um, a lot of our dear, dear, dear college friends in Texas sent us a very big gift card. We said, gift card, just mm-hmm. anytime you need to eat, use this. Yeah. And it meant a lot because it was just one, at that point, we didn't know how big our medical bills were going to be. Mm-hmm. We had no idea if we were facing financial ruin after this NICU stay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just a simple gift card of like, you know what? Your meals are covered. Yeah. Um, it, I'll never forget it. You know, just those simple things. And it just reminds us that we're seeing in the midst of all the crazy and the chaos. It's like, it's right. those simple things that are so big to our hearts just yeah. to go, okay, we are not forgotten. We are seeing. We're not alone. We're yes. not alone in this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, yes. this year at Rising Above, our theme is restoration. And so we're asking all of our podcast guests, you know, what are some things you're doing right now that is allowing God to bring restoration to your soul? Yeah, I love that so much. I love that word. Um, 
I know. I always, you know, there's so much self-care verbiage these right. days. Make sure you're getting out for your weekly date night. And my husband and right. I laugh yeah. hilariously. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, so many people are like, oh, quarantine was terrible. COVID was terrible. And we're like, quarantine and COVID is our life. Welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we just, we, we laughed so hard. Like we don't travel. Oh, but you get to go back to traveling. Enjoy. Um, but to be honest, I think, um, I'm an extrovert. My husband is an introvert. So we both, he would probably have a completely different answer to this, but for myself, I would say, because, um, you know, anytime I haven't been caring for my kids or doctor's appointments, I work part-time in, um, in accounting, which has kind of always kind of been a nice balance for me to just, what well, number one, help pay the bills, but also just have that kind of professional outlet. Um, but I also work, work, haven't been able to do Bible studies or like I said, like, you know, mom groups, play groups, that just has not been, I always thought I would be doing ladies Bible class at church. And I just never kind of got that chance for the past 14 years. And so right now I'm in a multi-generational um, Bible study on the Holy Spirit that is like giving me so much life. Mm. And um, it is so refreshing, so delightful. We have everything from widows to young moms. Um, but hearing about the Holy Spirit in a way that like is opening everyone's eyes. And um, it's just like, I look forward to it every week. And I, 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 I love, I've always that I'm like an 80 year old trapped in a 40 year old's body. Like, I think there's so much wisdom um, to be gained from those women and men mm-hmm. who have gone before us and, yeah. you know, been through a lot themselves. And I just love tapping into, um, to just, just their lives and their hearts and, and, and even just, and just growing in, in my faith. So that has really been giving me some restoration that um, I haven't had. Yeah. And we all need community, even if it's over zoom or, you know, a virtual a, you know, way of getting to be with other people. So that is yes. wonderful. And so Kelly, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being part of our podcast and sharing part of your story. And I know your book is not out yet. When does it come out? Yes. Yeah, so hope in the heartache um, will officially be um, publication date of May 31st. So you can get on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, all of those good places. But if you would like to pre-order and get it sooner, you can go to our website, hopeintheheartache.com, hopeintheheartache.com. And um, there's a way to pre-order it there and you can get a signed copy and get it about a month in advance for anyone who might be interested. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share about our book and share about Bennett's life. And there's many, many, many more stories in the book that will make you laugh and probably cry. But um, like we are crazy people and and crazy things happen to us on the regular. Well, we'll be sure. Yeah. We'll add all the links in the show notes so people can easily find your website and find uh, the book and everything. So that'll be great. And so Kelly, thank you so much. I am just so grateful to get to know you better. And I appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you, Becky. I really appreciate this opportunity. And I'm so excited about Rising Above Ministries. I really hope to um, to get more involved. Get involved. You guys we'd are love doing to incredible have you. things. Yeah, we'd <laughs> love to you. have you. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.